Luke 17, 11 says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. You know, as we read through the Gospels, the Gospels of the uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, these, these books are full of the miracles of Christ. Full of the miracles of Jesus. In the book, Miracles of Jesus by Clarence Saxton, he said this, a miracle is not natural. It's supernatural. It cannot be explained or accomplished by our own power, our own intellect, uh, or even by the efforts of science. That's a miracle. It's something that's supernatural. You know, God, He gave us all the laws of science. He gave us those, but He Himself is not bound to them. A miracle is the supernatural entering into the realm of the natural. An example of that is the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the supernatural entering into the realm of the natural, the natural realm as we know it. You know, a miracle is when the natural order of things, the natural order of things, things how they usually go when they intersect or when they meet with the supernatural. Throughout the Gospels, we see Christ and His miracles, that it it involves the power over nature. Remember when his disciples out in the sea and after he calmed the storm, they said, wow, even the sea and the wind obey his voice. We see that he has power throughout the Gospels over evil. He was able to uh, have power over, over the evil spirits and even Satan himself. We see that when he fed the 5,000, he was able to multiply the food, the five loaves and two fishes. That's a miracle. We see throughout all the Gospels that He uh, over and over again was able to uh, heal the natural body from diseases and sickness. We see that He had the power and He has the power over disease and even death. You know, it seems like that everywhere Christ went during His ministry as we read the Gospels, that he would supersede the natural and heal folks and, and do that which was supernatural. We all understand the, uh, how the natural world works and, and we all can see the effects of sin in the fall. Satan uh, has brought pain and death into this world through, uh, we know it goes all the way back to the fall of mankind when he tempted 
Adam and Eve, and he continues uh, to tempt us and to try and draw us into uh, sin so that it destroys us. You know, we, as human beings, we are uh, God's most prized creation. And Satan wants to destroy that. The Bible tells us that we were made in the image of Christ. And as we read the Gospels, when Christ, when God came to earth, He, everywhere He went, He would, you know, unexplainably just be able to heal people. He was uh, constantly uh, uh, entering into the, the realm of the natural with the supernatural and, 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 and really taking away the effects of sin. His disease and death and all these things. So we look here and look at the, the miracle of Jesus Christ and, and these ten lepers. You know, the natural way for a leper, the natural way was bad to worse. I mean, it was, uh, there was really no hope in those days for someone that had leprosy, this disease, this, this uh, chronic infection that attacks the nervous system and, and would destroy the the limbs, your fingers and toes and ears and all these things would begin to fall off and be destroyed through this leprosy. The, these lepers uh, would be outcast. They were put out of their homes. They were put out of their, their communities. And, and at best, maybe they would be able to have uh, 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 other lepers to be around in a leper colony. I mean, this was bad for them. You know, we've talked about this here, and we've talked about this here at Wellspring, that leprosy is a picture of sin, a type of sin in the Scripture, how sin uh, affects us and begins to uh, uh, attack our nervous system and, and begins to take away the, the, our conscience, our ability to feel. And slowly, one by one, it takes away the pieces and parts of our life. And it destroys pieces and parts of our life. You know, no one here has ever had leprosy. But in the sense that we've all sinned, we can understand and we can relate to these lepers. In the sense that we've all felt the effects of sin. All of us have experienced the pain and the loss that sin brings in our own lives and also in the lives of others. It's interesting as we read this passage in Luke that, that the Bible refers to these ten men as just lepers. He just refers to them. He doesn't, doesn't go into their nationality. Later we find out one was a Samaritan, but, but he doesn't go into their occupation or their former occupation. He doesn't describe them in any other way than that they were just, than that they were just lepers. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever thought of yourself as a sinner. I mean, just thought of yourself as a sinner. Now, what if, what if someone was to say to you, describe yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Would you say, well, let me start off first by saying that, well, I'm a sinner. You know, we don't do that, do we? No, we cover that up, don't we? We cover up the motives, the bad motives, the bad intentions, the bad thoughts. We cover those things up, don't we? That's okay. That's okay. Lepers did that too. Is they had 
things that would begin to be uh, come off of their body, they would cover those things up for the public not to see. But you know what? There was nobody that could help them. And I think that there's a point in time that you may come in your life where you really begin to feel the effects of sin and realize that in the natural sense, in the natural uh, realm of things, that there's just nobody that can help. And as we see this story begin to unfold, you notice here that they, the Bible says that they cried out for help. They cried out for mercy. You know why? For the first time in their life, they just met someone that was not bound by the natural. For the first time in these lepers' lives, they had just saw someone and they just looked at someone that could help them in their situation. Wow, Jesus Christ. You know, the word I begin, I believe, in those days probably spread. When he healed the first, the, the first lame, the first blind, he healed several lepers. When he, when he raised someone from the dead, don't you think the word began to get around? As we read the Gospels, we see that people would come to him and come out to him for this. Let me ask you this question. Just as these lepers believed that he could do something about their problem, leprosy. For us as Christians, for us as believers, when we pray, let me ask you this. When you pray, do you ever dare ask God to do something supernatural. That's faith, isn't it? In your prayers, have you ever come and asked God to do something that in the realm of the natural, uh, we're, we're, in other words, you would say something like this, if God doesn't do it, it ain't going to get done. If God doesn't do it, there's no way that I can accomplish this and there's really no one else out there that can help me with this situation. I've come to a spot in my life where actually uh, I need a supernatural, I need God, I need the miracle in my life. And if we dare to ask God to do that, you know what that is? That is faith. Exercising that faith. This brings in a whole nother dimension. This brings in a whole nother... You think of the possibilities. When you have communication with God, with someone that can do things out of the natural, when you have communication with God who can do things that are just uh, miracles, think of the possibilities. Honestly, think of the hope. When, when you have a fellowship with the Lord, you know what? We can, we can always have hope. Can't we? We can always have hope. No matter how bad the situation looks, no matter how bad the out, you know, we look down the road and says, this looks bad, and it's only going to get worse if the natural continues. If this continues the way that it usually continues, if, if this continues the way that it always has continued for everyone else, I'm, gonna, I'm in a bad place now, and it's only going to get worse. I just ought to expect it. But God, but God, but we have communication with someone who is not bound by the natural. Wow. You know, it's easy for us to think of, oh, that, yeah, well, I read the gospel. Sure, I read, I read about the miracles he did back then. He was here on earth. He could do those things. Of course he did those things back then. But let me just say this. We, we serve the same God today. It's 2,000 years ago. Right. And you know what? He can do the same things today Amen. 
that He did back then. He, he, he can do the same miracles. Matter of fact, this, this story here in Luke is a picture and type of salvation. If leprosy is a picture of sin, then being cleansed from leprosy, being cleansed from sin, is a picture of what? Salvation. So matter of fact, uh, salvation that you and I, that we can experience and have experienced and have seen, let me say this, that that is a miracle that is far greater than being cleansed from leprosy. God, He is still in the miracle working business. Let me say, for those lepers, when they were cleansed from their leprosy, that was good, wasn't it? I mean, that's good news for them. Think about that. They, you know, I don't even know before they met Christ if they even thought that they would ever be cleansed of their leprosy. No one else had ever been cleansed of their leprosy before Christ came. They felt like that this was just how it was going to be. It was going to have to be this way. This is just the way it is. This is just the natural way things go. Then they met Christ. Wow. For those that have been saved... <laughs> For those that have been cleansed from their sin, let me say this, that's good news, isn't it? I'm being forgiven from our sins, justified, just as if we'd never sinned, made righteous, made one with Christ. We have been reconciled to God. Wow. What what a miracle. Christ says that when, the Bible says, Paul says that when an individual is born again, that they have passed from death. Life. You know what? You've experienced the miracle of resurrection in your life when you get saved. When you've experienced the miracle of salvation, you've experienced the resurrection. You've ex- the resurrection and the life moved inside of us. Wow. No more fear of death. I mean, that's what people, that's what we fear the most, isn't it? Death. And when, when he takes that away, wow, what hope. What hope? 1 John 1, 1.9, the Bible tells us, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, just like those lepers were cleansed. Cleansed from all unrighteousness. What a deal. He says in 1 John 1.7, but if we walk in the light, Christ is the light. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Wow. And it, doesn't it feel good to be cleansed from our sin? I mean, can you remember what it was like when, when sin had us burdened down? When sin was, uh, that guilt was there and the burden of sin could kind of hold us down. The burden of sin separated us separated us from our friends and our family and, and the burden of sin began to eat away and destroy parts of our lives. But then to know that our biggest problem was taken care of through the miracle of salvation. The free gift that Christ has given us. Ephesians 1.7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins according to His riches. To be forgiven. To be forgiven. To experience the grace of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the forgiveness of sins. Isn't that good news for us? Isn't that good news? As we read this passage, it seems like there's more than just that. It, it, 
You know, if God just if God just saved us, wouldn't that be enough? Promised us a home in heaven and all that. But but He even does more. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to He wants to lead us through this life. He wants to bless us in this life. He wants us to be victorious as believers in this life. You believe that? That He's not just He didn't just save us so that we know that we have a home in heaven. But He did more than that. He will indwell us and empower us. And you know, once you, once you have Christ inside of you, you'll never be alone again. Never be alone again. As a believer, as a Christian, you don't have to experience that, that desperation of loneliness. You know why? Because we have a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Wow, what a promise. How good is that? He, Christ, tells, Christ tells these ten lepers to go to the priest, to be examined by the priest. In Leviticus chapter 4, the law of Moses, or excuse me, Leviticus chapter 14, that whole chapter deals with leprosy. And if someone has leprosy, how they're supposed to be examined uh, by, by the priest, and, and then they're supposed to be isolated, and, and then they get checked again seven days later, and if someone thinks that they have been healed of leprosy, then they go to the priest and show them, and the priest looks at it and then examines them seven days later to make sure, you know, all these precautions so that the disease doesn't spread. So Christ here under the Gospels, fulfilling the law of Moses, He sends them away to the priest to be examined. And on their way, on their way, by obedience, isn't that interesting? Obedience to Christ. By obedience, on their way to the priest, they were cleansed. They were made clean. And they knew it. They felt it. They saw it. Whatever. They, they knew that they were made clean. And one of them, one of them, decides, he says, you know what? He says to himself, you know what? I've got to go back and tell him how much I appreciate this. One of them just had this idea that when he was going away and, and all hope was lost and he was just given uh, really a new chance at life and he was just cleansed of his leprosy, on his way back he had this thought, you know what, I think I'm going to go back and thank him. I think, I think I'm going to go back and tell him how much I appreciate him. You know, as we begin to read that, that passage as he goes and goes to Christ, it almost comes out that that he, that he appreciated what Christ did so much that it caused him to love him. You know why we love Christ? You know why we love Christ here this morning? It's because He first loved us. And He gave Himself for us. To take our place. To take our punishment upon Himself. That's why we love Him. That's why we love Him so much. It says there in those passages that, that he, He's with a loud voice. You see that there? It says, uh, verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. You know, with a loud voice, you understand that this leper, he wasn't quiet about his thankfulness. (laughs) In other words, if you would have been around, you would have heard him. You'd have heard Him glorifying God. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it amazing that, that you and I, we feel that need to worship? You know, all around the world, people worship. Some people worship 
uh, uh, idols. Some folks worship marble and gold, and folks worship wood, and some folks worship the stars and rivers and worship all kinds of things. But it's interesting that in us we have this this need, this desire to worship. We were created to glorify God. We were created to shine His light and, and glorify Him. And that's exactly what this leper is doing. And he had good reason to do it. He'd just been cleansed. He'd just been healed of his leprosy. He'd just been given hope when he had no hope. It says that he went back and he glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet. That's humility, isn't it? He fell down on his face, down at the feet of Christ, and he began to thank him. You know what that is? That's worship. I believe that there's multiple ways, there's, there's all kinds of ways for us to worship God. But this is one form of worship. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, when we begin to thank Him for what He has done for us, thank Him that He did what we could not do, Thank Him that He cleansed us and made us clean. Begin to thank Him and glorify Him. That is worship. Boy, I'll tell you, there's something about worship that gets the ear of God. We see that in the Gospels. When folks begin to worship Him, we get His attention. He just said, you know what? I think I'll go back. I'll turn back. It's interesting that the nine didn't. Only the one did. Only the one, one out of nine, goes back to thanking. Goes back to praising. Goes back to glorifying. Don't you this morning want to be the one? Don't you want to be one of the ones that goes back? Goes back to Calvary? Goes back to the cross and says, Lord, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you. Don't you want to be one of the ones that's not afraid to say, Hey, God's good to me. Hey, I'm not ashamed to name the name of Christ. Why? Because without Him, I'd still be a leper. Because without Him, I'd still have my problem. I'd still have this sin disease, which was my biggest problem. But because of Christ, because of Christ, I'm not ashamed to name the name of Christ. Why? Because He gave me hope when I had no hope. To go back, to go back to the cross and thank Him. You're open there to Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 17. Verse 17, and Jesus answered, said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And Jesus said to him, verse 19, look at this, and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Do you want to be made whole? You know, I don't know what stage this uh, leper was in, in his leprosy, but if he'd had it for a long time, there's a good chance that he was missing some fingers. Maybe an ear, parts of his nose. He was missing some parts in his life that leprosy had stolen. You know, the longer we live in sin and the longer we allow sin to control us in our lives, you know what happens? We have the effects of it. And it's amazing that when we come to Christ and He cleanses us and forgives us of our sins, that's what cleansing is a picture of, being justified just as if we'd never sinned. He cleanses us from it. But it's interesting that maybe when He tells this leper, go that way that faith has made me whole, I wonder if maybe all the parts and pieces that He was missing came back. 
So many times we come to Christ and we may say, well, Lord, forgave me, but my past was, it took some good years of my life. Uh, sin took some parts and pieces of my life that I'll never get back. I'll never get those back. And there may be a bit of regret with that, but you know what I believe? Naturally, you'd never get them back. But supernaturally, supernaturally, God can, He can restore those pieces and parts that sin stole. He can, he can make the time in our life that we have left, uh, He can multiply it. Just as He multiplied the food for the 10,000. We serve this God that is able to make us whole. Not just cleanse us, but make us whole. He can, he can put those pieces and parts back that sin has stolen. You know how we do it though? You know how we do Would you agree with this? That, that, that you could receive Christ and experience the, the free gift of salvation, which is the greatest thing. And then after that, not go back and spend time in His feet? It's possible, isn't it? But the one did. He went back and spent that time at Christ's feet. It was worth it. He glorified it. He thanked it. He rejoiced it. You know, so many times we think our spiritual growth, our spiritual growth is going to come through knowledge of, of certain things. Or all, but, but you know, I think sometimes our spiritual growth comes through abiding with Christ. Allowing our roots to go deep into fellowship with Him. And as our roots get into that abiding with Christ and fellowshipping with Christ and, and, and communion with Him, Him talking to us and us talking to Him, then a result of that, a result of that is the fruits of the Spirit. And the results of sin steals that joy, steals that love, steals that peace. But by that fellowship back at His feet, those things in life can be restored, the real joy. The real song in our heart that could be stolen can come back. The real peace, the real love. You remember the, the story when Christ, probably his last miracle, his last one of his la- one of his last miracles. He's in the garden. And they come to uh, they come to arrest him, arrest him. And Melchus, the servant of the high priest, is there. And Peter, remember that? He pulls out his sword and believe he was going for his, his neck and he turned his head and took off his ear. What did Christ do? He took his ear and he put it back on. He has no problem putting pieces on that can come off. You know, I read that and thought, that should have been their first clue that there's something different about this guy. You know, maybe we shouldn't be arresting him right now. He just put this guy's ear back on. That, that just shows a hard heart, but... God has no problem putting those pieces back together. You may be here this morning and in your life you feel like, hey, I feel broken. Something's broken off. There's a part of me that's broken. I think we all feel that way from time to time. Maybe all the time. But the Lord, you know what He, he masters in? He's the master pot. He masters in putting those broken pieces back together. You say, how do I do it? Ask Him. Just ask Him. How do I do it? Worship Him. Glorify Him. Thank Him. Talk to Him. Spend that time with Him. Hey, if you're here this morning and you've experienced the miracle of the second birth, 
That is a miracle. If you've, if you've experienced the miracle of having that sin cleansed, and you're justified and made righteous with God. Wow! You've experienced a miracle in your life. Something supernatural happened to you. So how do we get that joy and that fellowship back? Go back to the Lord. That fellowship with Him. Go back to Him and thank Him. Go back to Him and be quick to glorify the Lord. 